You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 653 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live from State Farm Arena. A little bit different atmosphere this evening than it was on Tuesday when the Hawks got a big-time win. Today was uh, much less of an impressive performance from this Hawks team, a final score of 113-93 on the wrong end for Atlanta against the, against the Chicago Bulls. Um, I guess in the grand scheme of things, you know, a 20-point loss to Chicago is rough at home, and this is a bad performance from the Hawks. Uh, we were talking a little bit amongst ourselves in the locker room post-game and a lot of discussion just kind of on the way the uh, locker room felt after the game. Uh, worth noting that Lloyd Pierce's post-game press conference was uh, kind of an all-timer. Uh, that one's probably available for you guys to watch if you'd like to see it on uh, Fox Sports uh, Southeast Twitter feed. Uh, Lloyd was in rare form, uh, pretty amusing. Basically taking nothing in terms of positives from this game, looking to move ahead um, and you know, basically ignoring any any talk of positive takeaways from this game, kind of just ripping up the tape. He asked guys, the one thing he did say was that he asked his players to go back and watch the tape and look for effort because of the fact that they he was unimpressed by the effort in this game. I would certainly second that. There was not a lot of energy. Uh, the players said the same thing. Trey Young said the same thing, et cetera, et cetera. Just wasn't a lot of buzz in the building. It is worth noting that yesterday was a tough day for these guys. You know, the, you know, famously, the Hawks run a back-to-back here, but so Chicago with travel, so in theory, it would have been an advantage situation for this Hawks team playing at home. Obviously, without without John Collins, that definitely is in play here, but at home, a slight rest advantage over the Bulls considering they had to travel, but because of how sort of taxing the day was on Tuesday, that could have led to at least part of the fact that the Hawks didn't have, not, didn't have any energy in this game. You know, Pierce said the same thing all the players did, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, so a really rough night at the office. We'll do our normal uh, game recap, press conference, talk, and all that fun stuff. But I uh, wanted to put that out there at the top. It was a, uh, a letdown, to be sure, and everyone kind of knows it, but everybody was kind of eager to look ahead to Friday and beyond um, after the game. So to the game itself, uh, no major injuries for the Hawks. You know, Obviously, the absence of John Collins is the biggest thing there, but um, everybody else in the lineup, Cam Reddish was listed as probable at one point, but was upgraded to, to uh, full go. And Troy Young was removed from any restriction after he famously did not enjoy that on Tuesday night. Um, so basically, a full, almost a full strength team. You know, Evan Turner still out of the lineup, Alan Crabb out of the lineup, Chandler Parsons out of the lineup. But uh, for the most part, a full strength Hawks team. In fact, the Hawks were favored, albeit slightly, in this game in Las Vegas. They were minus two early in the day. That actually got down to about one, maybe even pick them by game time. There was at least some momentum um, somewhere on Chicago, and I guess those people were right in this game about the Bulls pulling a mild, mild upset on the road in Atlanta. So to the game we go. The Hawks scored the first four points of the game on an Alex Lynn mid-range bucket in the lane and then a uh, Jabari Parker dunk. That was kind of the, one of the only positives offensively in this game with Jabari Parker for the most part. But, um, you know, there was a 22-6 to run from the Bulls that kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. Um, they took the lead and never relinquished the lead, frankly, from that point in time uh, on about a lot of energy defensively early on in this game. I will say, in the big picture, the defense was not a huge, huge, overwhelming problem. The offense was a little bit worse, obviously. Uh, more than a little bit worse, I should say. The offense was really the problem in this game. The defense was just kind of acceptably um, you know, reasonable in some spots, some spots not so much. But um, you know, Pierce actually took no positives again, but referenced that he thought the defense was actually really bad in this game. I'm not sure I agree with that. It wasn't great, but uh, it wasn't uh, the problem. The offense was the problem in this game. We kind of, we'll talk about that throughout this uh, podcast recap. Um, but 
uh, early on, the Bulls were making their threes. They were four or five from three in the first opening minutes. They trailed by as many as 18 points in the first quarter at 30 to 12. Uh, it was a full bench unit at one point when Pierce got frustrated and pulled all of his starters out of the game almost at the same time. Uh, a little bit of a flurry for Vince Carter and, again, Jabari Parker, but um, the best part of the first quarter probably was uh, the final possession where Trey Young got a three-point play to cut the lead to 14. But in general, that was a microcosm of what was going to be coming for Atlanta. There were nine, nine assists in the first quarter from the Bulls. Um, the Hawks had no, had no, no such positives with three assists, seven turnovers, go, along with 6-19 shooting and one of eight from three. That continued into the second quarter. In fact, the Hawks had 12 turnovers in the first 19 minutes of this game. And at that point, they only had 11 made shots for the entire game. They had 30 field goals and 24 turnovers. That is a bad ratio for anyone. Obviously, they got to the line a decent amount here, 35, 35 free throw attempts. But uh, aside from that, not a lot of positives to go around offensively. Um, there was one big time uh, dunk for Jabari Parker that I wanted to at least highlight. But, you know, offensively, just not too much going on in a positive sense here. In fact, the first half, the Hawks shot 2 of 17 from 3 with 12 turnovers. Um, defensively, they weren't uh, much better than that. There was a huge swing, though, that I wanted to point out at the very, very end of the half. Trey Young missed a 3 that, that would have cut the lead to 9 um, if, it had, if it had fallen. Instead, he missed that one with 11 seconds to go. And then Thomas Sadoransky hit a 3 in the corner, basically at the buzzer, to go up by 15. So it went from, the lead went from a potential of 9 to up to 15 at the half. And uh, that, didn't, that didn't end the game, but it certainly was a big-time swing that I wanted to at least point out that I could have swung the game a little bit further in Atlanta's favor. In the second half, um, by the way, Otto Porter got hurt in this game, uh, one of Chicago's you know best five players, to be sure. Uh, missed the entire second half. The lead quickly got to 20, though, in the opening minutes. There was a very, very quick hook for DeAndre Hunter in this game. In the second half, he only had, he only played the first about minute and 20 seconds in the, in the, second, in the, second, uh, sorry, in the second half, and uh, that was noteworthy because that was the first time I've seen him uh, pulled that early for Pierce. Uh, there's a 9-2 run by the Bulls to put the lead up to 22. There was one brief moment in the third quarter where it felt like the Hawks could make a run. They got, they got to 14 with an 8-0 run behind a four-point play from Jabari Parker. Turned up the defensive pressure. They're playing a small lineup with Jabari and Vince Carter at the four and the five. Um, got it to 14, but just couldn't make shots beyond that. There was some interesting full-court press stuff in there when they were playing a small lineup. Kind of a desperation defense, but it actually worked for a little bit. But once Chicago figured that out, they uh, sort of mastered that pretty quickly. Got, got the lead back up, up, up to 20, and that was kind of the end of that because the Hawks only scored one point in about a two-and-a-half, three-minute stretch, middle of the third quarter when the when they really needed to sort of pour it on to get back into the game, and it just never came. Um, got The lead got to 28 at one point, and uh, that was basically the end of that. There was a quick 7-3 opener to the fourth quarter, getting back to a 20 after Reddish hit a three, but uh, that was kind of it. Um, in fact, I thought Trey Young probably played too much in the fourth quarter. It was, it was pretty much never in doubt from the middle of the third quarter on, and uh, not a lot of positives, obviously, to talk about in this game. Again, big picture, the defense was, uh, you know, the ultimate numbers on the defense were actually not bad. 107 defensive rating is not good, but it's not absolutely terrible. The Bulls did shoot 50% from the floor and 39% from three, but they created 20 turnovers defensively. So it wasn't like the defense was just, again, horrible, but just wasn't great either. It wasn't new enough to sustain a competitive atmosphere with the way the offense played because the offense was absolutely woeful. An 88 offensive rating that actually was a little bit lower than that going into the fourth quarter. Um, a lot of garbage time sort of let them off the hook a little bit to that degree, but a 40% flip from the floor, 20% from three. Uh, only 18 assists and 24 turnovers. That's uh, obviously terrible. Got to the line, but other than that, just not a lot of redeeming positives for the offense overall. And uh, you know, the, the end result is a 20-point home loss to the Bulls and a Bulls team that was 2-6. and six. Um, Granted, Chicago was desperate in this game. They got some compliments from the Hawks and their players after the game for just playing, coming out and playing hard. Jim Boylan is certainly someone who likes to push his team, and they were certainly in need of a win here. So Chicago did have a lot of energy that the Hawks didn't have, but still, a 20-point home loss to the Bulls is a really bad result no matter how you spin it. And uh, 
uh, Lloyd Pierce was hearing none of the positives after this game, as I've now said about 10 times. So all that to say, we will come back and talk about the individual players in this game momentarily, but uh, I do want to take a second to talk about the good folks at my bookie. One of my favorite parts of the year is upon us with sweater weather, leaves on the ground, and threes from downtown. For some, it just means fall is here, but others like myself, it means basketball is in full swing. The NBA is already rolling. College basketball is kicking off this week, and there's no better way to feel a part of the action than to have stick in the game with mybookie.ag. Either way, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win using your basketball knowledge to prove what you have, uh, that prove that you have what it takes at mybookie.ag, where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. If you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. That's right, they will double your first deposit using promo code Locked On NBA. That's Locked On NBA, all one word to activate this offer. Promo code Locked On NBA to double your cash and your first deposit. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win and you get paid. All right, we are back. Talk about the uh, individual players in this game. And it's going to be a shorter podcast than usual just because there wasn't you know, too much to write home about in terms of the ebb and flow of this game. There was lots of observations that I would have had in the, uh, in the in sort of the game section that I didn't necessarily want to pass along on a blowout like this because you know there was a step back Thad Young 3, for instance, that I thought was uh, pretty hilarious. Also a pretty funny miss dunk from Chandler Hutchinson that I, was, that I thought was amusing. But uh, again, not really the time for any of that stuff. But uh, individually... Again, not a ton of bright spots here, but on the bench, Charlie Brown got, got his NBA debut in the fourth quarter in garbage time. He was he was recalled to Atlanta for depth in this game. I thought because of the fact that Reddish was on the injury report, but Brown was not going to play in this game unless it was an absolute blowout, and he did get in the game late, scored his first two points as a pro, so shots to Charlie Brown for that. Uh, Ty Wallace struggled a little bit, had two points, two rebounds, an assist, a steal, and three turnovers. Kind of a couple of uh, really bad open court turnovers in this game from Wallace. He was one of the guys that Lloyd Pierce referenced. And there's just a lot of carelessness. And the turnovers were kind of just out there. And this is well beyond Ty Wallace. It's kind of close to the entire team. But, um, you know, the, Pierce expressed this as well. But there's a lot of backbreaking ones, like just unforced, bad, open court, you know, backcourt turnovers, just stuff that just is uh, sort of indicative of, of a lack of focus, lack of uh, gelling and time to uh, be dialed in in this game. So it wasn't like the Bulls were just creating havoc. There was a little bit of that when they were pressuring the ball and double-teaming Trey Young, etc. but a lot of just unforced errors from this Hawks team, and Walsh had a couple of those in his own right. Damon Jones, 14 minutes, didn't do a whole lot here, 2.3 rebounds, but he was a, a dead even plus minus, which is on the higher side in this game. Uh, Bruno Fernando had 21 minutes. He played pretty well, I thought. Um, there were times where he had no idea what he was doing. That's one of the things with, with Bruno. When you, If you watch it back on tape, it's pretty clear that Bruno has some struggles with kind of where to be and how to operate right now. Physically, he does make a lot of quality plays. He had 10.6 rebounds, two assists, and a steal, but uh, it is very clear at times that he is a rookie, and probably more so than even Reddish and Hunter, just the fact that you know being, being a big man and being asked to sort of captain a defense for it particularly is uh, trying for a young guy, and Bruno's got a long way to go in that in that respect, but he, at least physically and um, athletically made, made a few different in, intriguing plays in this game. Mitch Carter was one of the only guys who had it going offensively. He had 14 points, had three of six from, from three-point range, four of eight from the floor, three of three from the free throw line. Mitch was kind of asked to carry the offense for, for a brief moment in this game, which is probably a little bit of an overextension for a guy like Vince at this point in time. But I thought he was, again, one of the very, very few guys that had anything going offensively. And 14 points in 16 minutes kind of tells that story. Kevin Herter was playing all the way to the end because they kind of didn't have anywhere else to go. The Hawks only had, uh, you know, only have 12, you know, basically 12 guys or 12 guys, I mean, 12 plus uh 
no, they have 12. Yeah, 12 guys available, and that includes Charlie Brown. So really only 11 guys. Um, and if you don't want to play any of your starters in this game, uh, in, the, in the garbage time of fourth quarter, it was good to see Herter getting some of those minutes, getting a little bit comfortable. I didn't think he played all that well in this game. 12 points, two assists, two steals, two rebounds, had a turnover, was dead even in the plus minus. You know, he had some nice moments, but also had some passive moments. I still have not seen the best of Kevin Herter so far this season. Did make a three at a, at a nice time for Atlanta when they actually needed it. But yeah, just a uh, an up and down game. Wasn't like he was one of the worst in this game by any means, but needs to be better, certainly as we look ahead to the future. And then lastly, off the bench, DeAndre Bembry is a pretty typical Bembry game in some ways. A lot of highs, a lot of lows. Nine points, four assists, and three rebounds. He was uh, efficient as a scorer, three or four from the floor, but missed three free, free, free throws, had four turnovers, had a couple of just high-profile misses at the rim, for instance. So there was one high-profile miss at the rim that I remember, um, and also some turnovers that you don't want to see. So um, pros and cons there from DeAndre. I didn't think he was terrible, but certainly had some rough moments along the way. To the starters, where only Jabari Parker and maybe Alex Lynn were uh, decent in this game, Parker's offense was good, 18 points to lead up to lead off scores for Atlanta. Um, defensively, he was rougher than he has been in this game. I will point that out. You know, I've been trying to give Jabari some credit for being a little bit better defensively. Um, and offensively, again, he was one, one of the only guys that had anything going here. But um, five rebounds, did have, did have an assist, two steals and a block. But defensively, um, a little bit shaky from Jabari. Uh, on this night. Um, Alex Lynn didn't play a lot. 11 minutes, 6 points, 4 rebounds, 2 block shots. Had a couple of uh, Alex Lynn-like moments in the first quarter, I thought, with a, a couple of bad hands around the rim, um, for instance, and offensively just doesn't hasn't had much going offensively. But defensively, I think he's continued to play pretty well, actually. I think Lynn's playing some of the best defense that he's played in a Hawks uniform. It's been overshadowed by the fact that he's been so shaky and so, so much struggling offensively. But the defense has actually been a, sort of a pleasant surprise to me. But didn't play a whole lot here. I, uh, I still think he might be hurt, but that's something we'll talk about at a later date. He's not on the injury report right now. At least he wasn't for this game, but he was on there for ribs. He had the ankle injury. I'm just not sure that he's 100% right, but looks a little bit shaky offensively still, to be sure. Uh, the two rookie wings were both very bad in this game. Uh, first, DeAndre Hunter, um, a little bit more surprising from Hunter in this game. He was 1 of 7 from the floor, 0 of 2 from 3. Had 4 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, uh, minus 23, the worst on the team. Um, you know, Hunter... I think he's been a little bit steadier, more more solid to this point. But in this game, he looked he looked the part of a rookie. You know, I have to be willing to say that when he looks bad, and he definitely looked bad in this game. I'm not worried at all about the overall performance of Hunter to this point in time. But this is a rookie moment, and I thought he was really really bad by his recent standards in this contest. Um, Reddish was worse, I have to say. Uh, Reddish was really frustrating in this game. Uh, five points, three rebounds, and assist. Four turnovers for him. Minus 20 in his 23 minutes. One of eight from the floor. One of four from three. Two of two from the free throw line, three rounds and an assist. So, you know, Reddish, it's just a little bit even shakier. Uh, you know, shaky is probably a kind word to say about his offense right now. Um, he was blocked up the rim on more than one occasion. The spin move turnover that he had there. Lloyd Pierce made a comment um, when he was asked about Reddish after the game about how he's just trying to make moves to get by guys right now. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good observation from Pierce, honestly. Uh, Reddish is just trying to do a lot with the ball in his hands when he doesn't necessarily have to do that. Um, Pierce talked about how he wants to just have him get, get downhill, take what the offense, sorry, take what the defense is giving him at that point in time. I totally agree with that. You know, Reddish, it's not like he can't make moves off the dribble. He has some skill with that. And, you know, he's, um, he's when it looks good, it looks good. But right now he's pressing a little bit um, and defensively didn't have as good of a game as he's had in the recent past. So, uh, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. He's one away from the floor. He's basically had, he basically had one shooting, one good shooting game, and that was last night. Everything else has been really shaky so far. So at the moment, his offense is certainly a point of contention. I've been intrigued and encouraged by his defense. I've been pointing that out repeatedly so far this season. But in this game, uh, he was frustrating and just a sort of a microcosm of everybody else in this game. And then finally, Trey Young, who you know is the guy that you would rely on for the, for offense. I think this is 
easily his worst game of the season and one of the worst games he's had in a long time, honestly. It was um, you know, just a really shaky night from Trey Young. Uh, nine points, 3 of 12 from the floor, 0 of 8 from 3. So he was 3 of 4 on twos, but just didn't have it going for three-point range. All the regression hit him at once. Uh, coming into this game, Trey was shooting 50% from three, which was obviously not sustainable because nobody shoots that, not even Steph Curry. So it was going to have to cool off, and it happened all at once here for Young from three-point range. Uh, Pierce talked about the fact that Chicago had a game plan for him that was nothing new to see him. Uh, they were blitzing him. They were double-teaming him. Trey, they, they knew that was going to happen. Uh, and Pierce talked about the fact that Chicago will never let him have uh, space again after the 49-point game that he had against them last season. You know, I don't know how much of that is true, but they certainly had the plan that everybody else seems to be employing with the, with the blitzes and the double-teams, all that stuff. Um, Trey was prepared for it, just didn't play all that well. In this game, the passing was still there. Were still some nice moments as a passer, but you know, the shooting just not there. He didn't get to the rim as much as he has been in the recent past. Just kind of a dud from Trey Young. He was due for one of these. It's not really a problem whatsoever. He's still the best player on the team by by a wide margin. He's been awesome to this point in the season offensively. But this is not this is the night that he would like to forget to be sure. And it's kind of a, a reminder that basically almost everyone on the roster had a night to forget in this game. There were a couple of um, small. You know, hicc hiccups to that rule. I think Jabari was okay. Vince was okay. Um, you know, Kevin Herter had some nice moments, but yeah, there just wasn't too much in the way of positive up and down the roster, and uh, that was uh, certainly echoed by Lloyd Pierce and everybody else after this contest. So, looking ahead a little bit, you know, the next game on the agenda is Friday night against the Kings in the same spot at State Farm Arena. Uh, the Kings are a team that's certainly beatable, just like the Bulls were. Uh, Hawks will be on full rest again after a day off on Thursday after back-to-back. -back. So, uh, you know, we'll see what how they handle that game. I would expect the energy level to be a little bit higher because of the way they were challenged after this game by Lloyd Pierce. Uh, but we will see how that all fares um, at that point in time. So, Please stay tuned. Please subscribe to this podcast. Uh, normally a little bit longer, but today's podcast kind of speaks for itself with a 20-point home loss and all the stuff that happened and the lack of news around it. So, yeah, there you go. Hope you guys appreciated the podcast, and uh, we will be back in, uh, if nothing else, we'll be back on Friday night. If, if something changes in the middle of that or if I stumble into some new content, I might drop in before that, but I will be in the building on Friday night against the Kings, and you'll have a podcast in your feed after the contest. So, once again, subscribe, tell a friend, and we'll see everybody on Friday evening.